Podcast. I'm Hannah Stark. I'm Grant. I'm Amir. Oh, I guess we're doing. No, you. And you're, I'm Tom. You are Amir. You had that right. Yep. This is an A side, so mm-hmm. it is a personal slash general classic album pick, and this week it's directed by me. Um, and this week, even though this is kind of a personal classic for me, even though I listen to his other albums more. I picked it more because last time I directed the episode for the A-side, I did a very much personal classic because it wasn't a general classic, like world-renowned at all. And this one is. It's one of the highest-selling records of all time. We have Born in the USA by your boy Bruce Springsteen. So that's what we're going to be talking about on the A-side today. I'm um, excited. Man, I am excited too. I don't think we've talked about music like pre 2000s 90s 90s like ever in terms of like a full album yeah so this is some some new territory to cover i want to say the earliest one was oh i guess we did uh Hmm? oh maybe yeah i was gonna say i I can't think of a what was your first one? one Uh, back then we had tables when I did my first one. Well, I mean, I mean your... sorry, we didn't have tables. Now we have a table. What was your first one? If it, anyone was yours, because you did Weezer and that might be the earliest. Remember when we were sitting yeah. around that one time and we were talking about Regardless. Michael Jackson. Which is crazy to was, think about because that 70s. Weezer album is not old. Like yeah. in a, a general Michael Jackson sense. off the wall is the oldest we've done. No, I meant recently. Stuff that's on oh, our list at yeah. the moment. Uh, no, it might have been the not. blue album. Yeah, it might have been that you know the album. But this one comes straight out of 1984, so Whoa. we're getting Ooh. we're getting older. Um, yeah, and as I said, so born in the USA, 1984 was when it was released by Bruce Springsteen. It was released under Columbia Records. It was Bruce's seventh studio album. Whoa! Yeah, I didn't know he was that deep so into his had, career. He had uh, some mad success even before Born in the USA. People wow. he, actually, yeah. if I can interject, people yeah. say that the album no. before this, Nebraska, is one of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, if critically, you, yeah. If I've you never heard of that, but I'll have to look into it. Is Nebraska. full of Bruce Springsteen fans that are going to argue that like the majority of his discography is his best discography. Interesting. I know. Um, I listen to a lot of his other albums more than I listen to that, to this one, but we're going to talk about this one first. But yeah, there's other albums that people are like, this is freaking great because he has so many that are renowned. Um, He actually is like claimed by a lot of people who analyzed his music as someone who had a large influence um, on our national consciousness. As Americans, it's because he had so much successful music, and it was it was all like about the American experience. Um, and based off of that, I'm gonna do a little introduction, like uh, who he was as an artist, kind of the stuff that he talked about, and that uh, comment I just made about someone thinking he had a large influence on our national consciousness. I'm reading this book called Born in the USA in the American Tradition. It's about Bruce Springsteen. It's written by this guy called John Cullen. He's like a 
scholar and a music critic and stuff. Um, it was one of the recommended books for me to buy for the history of rock and roll class that I'm in oh, at really? college right oh, now. Convenient. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't actually like I didn't have to buy it for the class, but he was like, "Here's stuff that's related," and yeah, I was like, like Bruce, "Bruce Springsteen, click William." Yeah, and then it showed up at my door. Mm. Um. Because I will say that a large reason why I picked this album is because this is the music that I grew up on. Um, my mother is a huge like 70s, 80s rock and roll fan. Bruce Springsteen is arguably her favorite. She has others that were super influential on my music taste as a listener that I will also get into later. But yeah, Bruce is probably the biggest. My mom freaking loves that dude. She's calling the boss we have Bruce. A, we have a, a Australian Shepherd right now. He's got uh, brown. He wasn't born in the USA. He has, well, he has brown hair and brown eyes. So my mom named him Bruce. Oh. So sometimes we call him Bruce. Sometimes we call him the Boss. Like that. Just in saying that as a point of like, this is how infiltrated like that era of rock is in my household. So yeah, it's definitely it's important to me because it's um, all of my music taste now. Even though it's my main thing is not this era of rock and roll, everything that I like is based off of this because this is where I came from as a listener. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So Bruce is a really interesting person, and later we're gonna get into our B side. Actually, just to throw that out there because it's a main theme I'm gonna be talking about with this album. But our B side is. Uh, blue collar music or roots rock, which is pretty much blue collar rock and roll, um, and that is a huge thing for Bruce. Like if you if you look at the album cover for Born in the USA, it's just a dude in some blue jeans. No, no, get it right. A, it's that nice, that nice juicy ass on okay. the cover. Well, wow, we can start Ooh. with that, Amir. Ooh. He's got a nice tush. I'm not, I'm not lying about it. But uh, no, he has like a blue jeans on, Ooh. very American. Got that like hang? Is it like a hat or a, a hanker? It's a baseball it's a hat. Cap. Yeah, a wore. baseball. Okay, baseball. Just all, how much American can we fit in one one picture? If it wasn't enough with like working man wears denim and baseball cap in his pocket, there's also I just like the stripes of the American flag have for good measure in the background. The shirt that he's wearing probably has some sort of decal on the front of it, and it's mm -hmm. like a shirtless tee. You know what I mean? Um, Bruce those? Springsteen sleeveless or yes. say shirtless. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a, how I was imagining a cutoff. It's a dirty yes. shirt too. His the first half of his career when he was like in his quote unquote younger years, um, it was always sleeveless tees for the boss. Okay. You know how many like live concert pictures there are of yeah. So you're right. So that was right. probably hey. like a sleeveless tee he was nice. rocking. Um, I mean, when you're performing live, though, it makes sense. Yeah. Especially because Bruce was known for giving super energetic live performances. So, <laughs> so you got to be sleepless. The less, I mean, the less. Also, you're, you're sweating like crazy, my yeah, man. It, it's, Look at you outside. It's uh, economical. And also, it fits It fits his audience. Are we getting into sleeveless teaser? It right does now? fit his audience, which is back to what it's I was poor. saying before. Blue collar. Mm -hmm. um, Probably a, a dirty huge, shirt thing for him he was also noted um so i guess I'll, I'll just cite by saying like something that it's something john cullen said because in that book that i brought up that is about him he was noted as a catalyst of social change in his time because and honestly isn't that all of rock and roll especially like you know 60s through 80s it was about social change it was um, blending the genres that most people didn't want you to saying the things that were scandalous and uh 
yeah, pushing for change. And Bruce has always been really big on that. Actually, the opening like quote they chose from him um, in this book is one that he did for an LGBTQ magazine where he's just talking about how um, he's always been an advocate for change and yet at the same time keeping your ethics and your and your values um, American to him, I guess is what he would mm-hmm. call it. Um, he was a quote-unquote good conservative is like what um, this book refers to him at, but Fiscal. basically I'm not a conservative. So, I mean, there's some things... Bruce as a person, like I, I would hate to like say that about just because there's negative ties to that with people our age. Because um, like I said, he was he was all for like, you know, rights and social change. But he was also for traditional values in the sense of hard work, family, compassion and uh, empathy for the less fortunate. So that's what you're going to see in his lyrics a lot. Mm. He's going to be talking about his loved ones in his hometown, his hard work. And all the blue collar work that he's doing and um, growing up less fortunate and the poor and getting through life and keeping your dignity in the hard times. He was very anti-politicians, anti-war, anti-corporate stuff because he was like, F the man. Love that. We're not getting paid and that's whack. Which Um, is funny because I feel like certain people uh, look at Bruce and are like, that guy's an American. He represents everything. And he's like exactly everything that is that, you know, this is against yeah. what the American ideals are. Exactly. It's a really and weird scenario. You're right. And and he doesn't, which is well, we'll we should just talk about it because it's the one that basically everyone knows, but it's the the title. There's this album, The Born in the USA song that is off of this. Um The Greatest American Song. Widely of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's widely misinterpreted. Yeah, it is. It's widely misinterpreted because, like Grant says, like people who don't really look into Bruce's stuff will, will just oh. be like, he stands for all of Mm-mm. the American stuff, and he doesn't. And uh, lyrically, that song is not promoting war and you know killing people and being anti-foreigners. Mm-hmm. It's him taking on the persona of someone who was drafted in the Vietnam War, um, and it it's. A stab, a very set to a high BPM too. Uh, the original for this song actually was low BPM because he wanted a soul and sound to match the very serious issue of people being drafted to go to a war they didn't want to go to. So like if you listen to the original of this on YouTube or whatever, it's actually slower and sadder sounding. But then they put it to this high BPM, super fun instrumental because... I guess it was more pop friendly, but also because it's more of like a bitter, sarcastic jab at like, this is what people are being sent off to do. Little did so, Bruce yeah. you know it was going to become the greatest American song of all time. I mean, little, with. little did he know. I have two things. Yes. One, I, this is irrelevant and I just wanted to fit it in. But you know you're an American when you have your own Sirius XM radio channel. Whoa. Right? Does he? Yes. The wow. E Street something something. The E Street band has their own. It's a whole Bruce thing. Yeah. I mean, it was usually most of his albums weren't put under Bruce Springsteen. They were put under Bruce Springsteen yeah. and the E Street band. I forget what so everybody can check. Because, because he's all for giving credit to who did the yes. stuff, and like he was like super loved his band members. So it was never like Bruce Springsteen. It was always Bruce Springsteen and the E Street band. Even if you look into like uh, the few photo shoots that he did for like rock and roll magazines and stuff, it's not Bruce in the front and his band in the back. Like it's him and his saxophone player like up at the front or like everyone. Look, 
Amir, I'm sorry. I meant saxophone. I didn't say anything. But it'll be him and his members um, usually on an equal playing ground. Okay. Secondly, um, did he, uh, was he in, like in the army? Did he have to go to work? Mm. Actually, okay. So I wasn't going to bring this up because I didn't want to say something that was incorrect. He was not in the army. I know that for a fact. Okay. But I'm actually pretty sure that they tried to draft him and that he claimed something for either medical or mental reasons. Okay. To avoid the so draft, a conscientious objector. Um, I don't believe blind, that was what he it. did actually. Um, but yeah, don't up, cite me on that. Going. Tom's gonna look it up, but I'm pretty sure they attempted to. I know that he he didn't actually. Okay, go I was just over curious because since he is kind of anti-war, I didn't know if he ever. Yeah, um, because the Vietnam War, which is a which you know is the subject of the Born in the USA song, oh, and a lot of this no. But I believe they attempted to make him, and he knew people who did, and yeah. it was a huge thing, obviously, in the country at the time. So that's mm-hmm. what a lot of the album ended up being about. Um, yeah, he. I don't want to get into. He failed the physical examination, so he did not serve. <laughs> what a he, mood. he had suffered a concussion in a motorcycle accident when he was seventeen. And together uh, with, or that together with his crazy behavior at induction, gave him a classification of 4F, which made him unacceptable for service. This one, Muhammad Ali. So all you gotta do is be a little, uh, a little a, crazy, a little bit of a wild child, ah! and like get in there, bang the head against yep. the wall, and you're good. You're and home. wasn't he a little bit of a wild child? But uh, yeah, bit. so I've mentioned on our groupies episodes that a big thing for me is lyrics. And so that is a huge reason why I love Bruce Springsteen so much is because he's really known for his poetic lyrics. He's always got a story to tell. And even when it's a simplistic one, it's just the word choice is on. The lyrics are great. If you took the music away, which is great in itself, it would still be um really great stuff. He actually <laughs> said about his writing once, this is a quote from him, he said... My job is that I search for the human things in myself and I turn them into notes and words. And then in some fashion, I help people hold on to their own humanity if I'm doing my job right, which I think is like this super Bruce because he just talks about the human struggle and about, um, yeah, a lot of times it's blue collar stuff, but also a lot of times it's just regular human struggle stuff like Mm -hmm. uh, your family and, you know, your love and. And I don't know if you already said this, but he did come from like a place of low income. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. majorly. It's not like a poser or anything like that. No, okay. he did come from a place of low income. Um, and uh, his dad was not a nice person okay. physically. So, yeah, he um, one of his later albums is called Chapter and Verse. And he released an autobiography verse or autobiography book under the same title chapter and verse when he put out that album this is one of his like last ones so this is when he was like much older Mm -hmm. but he actually talks in that book about his experiences with his family and how his his parents weren't the greatest and so yeah it was definitely a roots rock origin for him not a not a poser at all um and then one thing that I want to mention, because we're talking about how it's the E Street brand, band and not just Bruce Springsteen, is the wholesome bromance that is Bruce Springsteen and Clarence Clemens. R.I.P. His saxophone player, yes, R.I.P. To, in my opinion, the greatest saxophone of rock and roll. I mean, and that's G. not. He's not rock and roll, though. Ooh, you bitch. have that ready to go. Oh, oh. That's, that's, hit him, Tom. I, I went Kenny G, and then she said of rock and roll, and I was like, uh, cross that one off. Uh, 
Tom was about to fight he's, him. Uh, he's amazing. And honestly, uh, my all-time favorite Bruce Springsteen songs, um, I wrote them down real quick because they're not on the album before we get into the album. Um, so I, I picked this one because if we're going to talk uh, this this era, then this album was super influential. But it's actually not my favorite album from him because my favorite songs aren't even on it. My favorite is Hungry Heart, which is like not even not even 330. Mm-hmm. It's like 319 or something. As it's, it's a short song, but it is like lyrically on point. It's it's instrumentally great. Clarence is good on there. The piano is good on there. And it just expresses how the human condition is that everybody has a hungry heart. And it's my fave. Yeah. I was going to say best. on the runs, sax solo is like far and away one of my favorite instrument solos in any song ever. So I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. because Yeah, it's great. Appreciate on a there. good sax solo. Um, speaking of a good sax solo, my favorite sax solo of Clarence Clemens from this E Street band, um, in all of Bruce Springsteen songs is probably my second favorite by him, which is called Sherry Darling. Um, that one's just a a good time too, but there's literally a giant chunk of the section that there's no words and it's just Clarence going at it and it is so good. (laughs) Um, like I said, I picked this, um, album because I grew up with a lot of memories from this and like. There's been Sherry Darling, like, kitchen utensil dancing with my family. Um, Drive All Night, which is arguably my favorite rock and roll love song of, like, all time. That's by him. Like, I've, you know, I always ask my mom to slow dance to that one because she raised me on this. And my mama raised me as a single mom, which is uh, related to the blue collar experience and the blue collar music. And so there, I have memories of just like my mom will come home from like her second job of the day and she'll have Bruce Springsteen on. I'm like, mom, you want to dance? And it's good. It's good stuff. Um, yeah. So some of my favorites are those ones that I mentioned that like, uh, the rising, which is one of his latest, her, his later albums, darkness on the edge of town, which is about bad neighborhoods. And that one's super freaking good too. Um, so not just the work, but the social conditions of blue collar, like the places that they lived and uh, the things that they were going through. I got to say, you picked some more niche Springsteen songs. I, I, was, I know everything. My well, man. I was going to say, if you, ignore the, <laughs> if you ignore the ones that are on the album that we're talking about, I think my I really like like uh, Human Touch and Thunder Road. and then, uh, Thunder Road. Yeah. Yeah, like he's got a lot of really good tunes, and you tunes that I know about as yeah. someone that's not an avid uh, Springsteen fan, and you went a different direction. Yeah, I, I mean, think that shows how much of a fan you are. Thank you. It is, the and deep cuts. I know this wasn't um, deep, deep related to the cuts. album, but I figured it'd be easier to get those favorites out before we went into mm-hmm. the album. But we can go ahead and get into that now. I already gave the statistics. It's you know, like I said, literally one of the most the best selling um, records of all time. It had 30 million copies sold by 2012. So, I mean, it just keeps selling. But that was by 2012, it had reached that. There's a platinum song off it. I think there was like 10 singles and seven of them charted in the U.S. in the top. Yeah. Second biggest song of all time is on here. The what? Dancing in the Dark is his most popular. But some of them, Dancing in the Dark is super popular. That's the only one that's the one went uh, platinum. Yeah. Oh, shit. Before you get to, like, maybe you explain this, but why did this album, more than any other previous, just get so big? Uh, What what I want to ask you is, I think, and from what I've heard about this album, is that this was, he went a direction where it was far more um, 
pop with it. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot more electronic influences, which I think gives it personally, if that's true, um, compared to like his previous work, gives it more of a mainstream pop oh, okay. appeal because it's appealing to a wider yeah, audience. Jimmy worked on this one. Really? Yeah, he worked. He was. I think he was actually produces one. Oh, and also, his, and his documentary he okay. has. He talks about this whole period. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I can't think of it off the top this, of my head, but there's a song that he actually like gives him a shout out in. Yeah, this is. I like, know he's done work yeah, with him. They came together, and this is like the the first time they came together. He's like, Bruce was like really stressed out about like trying to top himself, and then that's what they were basically doing this whole time. Yeah, uh, he worked really hard on this. And Tom, I think that that was definitely probably an influence in making it more poppy so that it would have bigger hits. But then at the same time, I know, I feel like from like the autobiographies and stuff that I've read, that he went to done something he didn't believe in. So, I mean, that also, you know, artists change a little bit their albums as they put them out. But it it is more poppy than his work beforehand. And that did get him some popularity. But I also think that it had the influence that it had because during what was going on in the country at that time, it was sort of like a low-income American manifesto. It's a perfect storm. In a way. It was like, this is how we feel. This is what we're going through. And at the same time, it's set to upbeat music and super talented um, instrumentalists. And so it's a good time, but it's also like a message that people could unite on in the country at a time. That's part of what I was going to say as well, is that it's kind of something we've talked about in the past on other episodes about like wrapping a more important or valuable message in something that is uh, more upbeat. Yeah. It just makes it easier to... Uh, because kind of, Born in the USA, the song is about such a heavy thing, but it's also such a like get up and dance around sound <laughs> to it. So, uh, which I, you know, played I mean, into why it was misinterpreted. How, yeah, I was going to say, based on how often, if you go out on a boat on any lake on the 4th of July, you hear the song. I think it's doing okay in terms of like <laughs> being a, a dancey song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's but also, um, to go off of that point, it is kind of masking what's really like like i said it's such a happy sound but it's such a um intense message the opening lines for born in the usa are um born down in a dead man's town the first kick i took was when i hit the ground you end up like a dog that's been beat too much you spend half your life just covering up which is like damn <laughs> damn boy like he literally that sounded like I sounded like a mirror. For, that sounded <laughs> yeah, like a did. mirror, didn't it? Okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, it it he starts right out with those lyrics where he's just there are these people and they're born in this town where and honestly, if you know anything about um, I don't want to get too hot take controversial, but a lot of people that ended up going into the army during that time are because they had no better choice other than to do so. And so he starts it off like born in a dead man's town. He, as an artist, knew born somewhere where you felt like there was no way to go up. And these people are just like, I just got to join the war. Or I'm going to end up in this dead town. Well, I also forever. think it's interesting is that song, um, as well as some others where he talks about um, specifically like post-Vietnam being a veteran and like um, issues with like finding employment and the VA office and all that stuff. And then you consider this album came out almost a decade after the Vietnam War ended. 
it's almost yeah. not even about like the immediate reaction um, from the Vietnam War. It's more like the lingering effects, which I think is interesting. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, it's very much an accurate look into it too, in yeah. terms of like it's not the immediate shell shock people coming back home from it. It's the you can't find a job for five years. Steady employment's not an option for you. You're yeah. homeless now, more or less. Yeah. War kind of sucks because I think you can find some yeah. like sucks a lot. some rock that's in this genre um, that is much more of like the immediate reaction about Vietnam, yeah. like mm-hmm. CCR. Oh yeah, um, uh, the- I'm happy you said that, but I'm also a little bit upset you said that because in our B side that's going to be about bl- other blue collar music. CCR was like my first thing I was going to bring up, but yeah, CCR also knew their hard times. They were some poor people when they started that band. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all good points, but for sake of time, we're going to start getting into the track list. Oh, shit. All right. Um, I might have a few things to say afterwards, but yeah, a lot of them about the songs. So we've talked a, a lot about the opening track already. It's Born in the USA, the one that it was named after. Um, like we said, just a little bit of a wrap up can be misinterpreted. It's not advocating the war. It's actually a stab at the war but it's masking it with upbeat music, which honestly can be a metaphor in itself because it's these people just trying to convince themselves this is what's supposed to be happening. And I would say, I know it comes up like every single episode, but as someone that was like listening to like every word more carefully this time around, um, that it was something that I had like never thought about a whole lot. And it was like a much more triumphant song about like American spirit and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And listen to it. I was like, yikes. Exactly. That is a lot less happy and proud too? than I would have liked. Yeah. Like those opening lyrics that I just quoted, like yeah. that's some intense stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just being born in like a town where you feel like you're going nowhere and being beat down either like physically or mentally. And then they're just like gung ho America, go to war for your country. And then you're kind of sitting there. You're like a lot of the blue collar people were like, but what has my country done for me? Like mm-hmm. I'm struggling. I've been struggling my whole life. And yeah, it's very powerful. Um, I know kind of to steal Tom's line. I know I've said this in lots of episodes before, but if I were going to stress any artists that I've brought up, um, in the power of looking up their lyrics, then yeah, I would say definitely if you're going to listen to Bruce Springsteen, try to pull up like a genius track or something for him. Cause like Tom said, you listen, if you actually read his lyrics, then, um, you know, a lot more what's going on. Also, they're super poetic. So it's sad, but yeah, this song is a bop still gets played a lot. Fourth of July, whether or not it's appropriate. I mean, here it comes. It is. It's appropriate. Everyone around the, you know, grill is sad. They well, gotta go to work I think it's more Monday. like everyone's like, blah, 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 that's the chorus, whatever. And then you, or that's the verses. They just want to scream they, born in the USA. The, yeah. And then you get hit with the, uh, the chorus and you're like, all right. Yep, yeah. I'm with it. It's just like about a, like a dog I don't know what else beat, happening there. going to war. And then you're like, boom. And you, yeah. And then you're all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on. The next one is cover me. Cover me is such a fun love song. I actually uh, wrote down the opening lines for that one, too. It's the only other quote that I'll shove in your guys' ears. But uh, the times are tough now, just getting tougher. The whole world's rough. It's just getting rougher. Cover me. Come on, baby, cover me. I'm looking for a lover who will come on in and cover me. song is so fun. He's literally like, yo, life is hard. Times are hard. But the experience, no matter, like, who you are, income level, or where you are in the country... You can always just like get your girl or get your guy 
and focus on simple happy oh, things dog. in life. And that'll that'll cover it'll cover up all of the mm-hmm. hard stuff for a minute, you know. That's mm-hmm. deep. It's such a it's a it's a dancey one too, you know. Yeah. Come on in and cover. It's a fun one, because um, a lot of his love songs, I will say, are like slower ones, like "Drive All Night" that I mentioned earlier. That is like one of my all-time faves by him. Super slow and long, and this one's the opposite: short, upbeat, mm-hmm. fun, to the point. Yeah. Okay, Darlington County next. Um, Darlington County is fun. It's basically about him and his best friend just driving around, owning the town. Mm-hmm. He's like, let me tell you about all these fun stories of me and Dale riding around in a truck and ending up handcuffed to a bumper of a straight of a state trooper's Ford. Mm-hmm. And going to the beach and all this other fun stuff. He throws some all the cool some shit. shots at how you know girls are just just want to know your name mm-hmm. and you know it's it's a good rock want. and roll start. Yeah, all they want to do is know your name. You know what that else. means? Like they just want the money. They just want to know who you are, what you got. Exactly. Yeah. They just don't. Uh, they just don't care about us. Anyway, like, Darling yeah. County, also fun. Yeah, it's also like I was reading to the genius lyrics and it's like a, they're all about like escaping, leaving where they are. Mm-hmm. And the way that it ends up is also kind of goes back to like how he hits on something real at the end where he talks about his friend gets like handcuffed to the bumper of the thing. And then he even has I was looking at he even has um, a reference to uh, the battle hymn of the Republic, which is a Civil War uh, hymn. Uh, in there oh, and I just thought it was really interesting how he like wrapped it up it's all about like escaping and then it's just like well you kind of get dominated by what America is right now and it's impossible to yep. really get away escaping in freedom and hitting the road is like a huge ass Bruce Springsteen theme you're gonna find that in every album which is funny because he actually just released a Netflix special um, where he's talking about his music to a live audience and he takes a, a crack at it and like kind of a stab at himself. And he's like, it's funny because I'm Mr. Born to Run guy, which by the way, isn't on this album, but is also one of his most popular songs of all time, which is also about escaping and getting mm. out of the town that you're in. Anyway, he was like, I'm Mr. Born to Run guy. That was the I, one that really put and, him on the map. And then he takes a side. Yeah, it, it put him on the map. I know he knows that he said that. And then he took like a, a pause and he goes, I currently live. 10 minutes from my hometown. <laughs> he was like, so don't feel bad about wherever you're at. It happens. Um, but anyway, yeah, es- escaping, getting out of what you're in is Darlington County and is a lot of uh, what he's what he's about. Um, working on the highway. I'm really curious if to hear your a, take on this one. That's, if, I am too, yeah. I liked working on a highway. If working on, if there is one if there's one track on here that is the most in your face, quote unquote, blue collar. Oh, it's working. Oh, yikes. Working. Well, that's not a bad thing, but what can be more like, why you're going to call working on the highway white collar? Cause it's not. Well, no, not that. But I think that if you throw that in there, you also have to ignore the fact that it's all about him kind of praying on underage girl. I mean, that's why I wanted to hear your take on it, because it's seemingly. A... Amir, <laughs> sit down. 
That's what um, I want to hear. I wasn't attacking it. I'm just saying it seemingly is about that. Where I would agree so, if it was just like about him working on the har- the highway and all the hard work and all that stuff that we talked about at the beginning, then I would agree that it's very much so fits perfectly at the center of this blue collar thing. But because there's something, that's why I hesitate to say I actually, this is the ideal blue collar song because there is that I'm not kind of say, no, I didn't taboo say romance I, ideal. I just said like the fact that you're talking about laying pavement on a highway is super wow talking to a younger girl. I was gonna say I didn't see you saying that. I just saw it like considering it's a uh, what's the word dichotomy. Is that a word? Is that the word? To do things. Y'all really want to get into this uncomfortable topic? No, 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 no. It wasn't to do with that. It was because don't attack right now. We're going on the I'm highway. Not attacking, but there is another thing on this album that's very related to what Tom just said. I was going to say working on the highway for there him is. in this case is both like working there as like a construction worker and then also because he's part of the chain gang, like whatever. Yeah. So, so I saw it more of that way. I kind of forgot the fact that he was like preying on an underage girl in the plot of this. So that is not something in this song that I have ever actually necessarily picked up on. Because I am not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that working on the highway is something to go against what I just told you all to do to look at his lyrics. Working, <laughs> on, working on the highway is something I listen to for a bop. I don't think I've ever sat down with the genius page on working on the highway. So I guess maybe I just yeah. didn't. That's fair. I'm not going to listen this song enough to like. Well, I heard the actual parts of it that are about working on the highway, yeah. but I guess I didn't. <laughs> I think I, now that I'm thinking about it, I can hear. You miss we lit. I can, I can hear the phrase pretty little miss, but well, I don't no, know if I can think of. We lit out down to Florida. We got along. All right. One day her brothers came and got her and they took me in the black and white. Blah, 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 blah. Hold on. That was, it's the one before. You missed the, yeah, you missed the it's beginning the one part before. of that. It's uh, what the Basically, he kidnaps her, and then they come really? back. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it says, I saved up my money oh, okay. and put it all yeah, away. Yeah. I went to see her daddy, yeah. but we didn't have much to say. Son, can't you see that she's just a little girl? She don't know nothing about this cruel, cruel world. We lit out down to Florida. We got along all right. One day, her brothers came and got her, and they took me in a black and white. They just went to jail. <laughs> the prosecutor mm-hmm. kept the, the promise that he made on well, that day, and the judge got mad. We're going to keep me going. Straight away. Okay. I just want to know your <laughs> It's just a really interesting song. Now, I want to no, know your it's opinion very... on that aspect because if some things you've said in the past about like. I want to see this. I don't think this is actually him doing this, but I wanted to know your opinion because yeah. you talked about Well, artists. hopefully it's just a super theatrical piece. <laughs> you think Bruce out here? And that Bruce wasn't really here. out here snatching up 15-year-old girls. Or going to Florida. Be, that, would be, no. that would be a bad thing. Um, I don't think I this like happened. I feel like this time period. Okay, I'm going to bring up something that's a wee bit uncomfortable, but it's not just a Bruce Springsteen thing. It's a 70s and 80s rock and roll thing that I have realized from listening to not like youthful women, not just him, like a lot not, of them. Okay, they yeah, love youthful okay. women. Not only that, but there is a trend. It, Elvis had a thirteen-year-old wife, but it's not. Yeah, that was also his cousin. So there's also a trend of calling women who are grown women little girl okay. or oh, young okay. lady. I did want to address that too because I was gonna say if they had just so called them, it's not just Bruce. Sp- but if there, it wasn't you her hear, dad. You hear like I love you, little girl, and stuff in like Bob Seger songs, Tom yeah, Petty songs. Yeah, but the songs. dad coming in there and him talking to the dad is what makes you kind of like that. Was eh. I was gonna say because he does say little girl in some other tracks, and I totally thought, you're talking about I'm on fire. Yeah, which is why I totally was yeah. like he's talking about someone that's of age, but it's the whole fact that like there's very it's not subtle at all that she's 
likely underage in this one that made me even ask the about brothers it coming different because, era because even the doors have stuff that's like the album oh, whiskey yeah. song is like yeah. heavily Rough. on some stuff yeah. and you're like oh yeah but i think little girl the beatles have it too uh little girl which just i think it's just like another way of referring to exactly uh, women but that's why this song is different because i think it kind of shies away from just saying little girl mm-hmm. yeah like on i'm on fire that could totally just be like a those are the phrases he's using. Yeah. But on this one, yeah, after hearing you guys read that, it's hopefully it's just a theatrical piece. Uh, mm. But yeah, that is one interesting thing I was gonna I was gonna bring up anyway. That's a bit creepy when you. But it was a different it, time. Yeah, was I was gonna say when you compare time. it to the cultural norms of now. But little girl was a very like popular like like hey baby yeah. shouldn't be, but it was like that was a maybe in like. 50 years they'd be like they were calling him baby that's gross yeah she's not a baby she's 24 or yeah, she's, not an, <laughs> she's not an infant child, child. <laughs> well you never keep baby in the corner am I right oh my god yeah. <laughs> or like you princess right. but she's she doesn't have royal yeah. blood right? yep yeah <laughs> America's what shoulder slack that's too much. no I know I think that's actually that's like female fun. endearment <laughs> in general and a lot in like rock and roll songs but yeah it's a thing it's nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. It was he crazy. Just even, on a highway. even when you're on I'm on fire and he starts asking if her daddy's home yeah. and then you're like, okay, is her father home? And then the next line no. is like, the next like, no, line's like, is he good to you? Can you do what I can do? And then oh, I was like, you're not God. talking about her father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a thing, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce that climbing was a thing. the windows. <laughs> Snatching <laughs> your people yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, daddy's Taking still a thing, so. You know? It is still a thing, but I think it was like a, it was loudly a yeah. thing in the 70s and 80s. Anyway, moving on from working on the highway, which I don't know how I feel about that one now, but still the, part, the part that's actually about working on the highway, super uh, appropriate for our. I, I agree. Killed your whole, now you American can't even hear vibe. the song I'm not going to say anymore. that it killed it for me, but. You're going to listen to it. I was trying like, to, I just wanted to know. He's a theatrical guy. He literally just released something that's like Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. So the thing about Bruce is I feel like he was Bruce always trying to tell a story. Yeah. And I think that's an artist thing. You know how many stories are told in music that aren't actually these happen stories? I mean, even it's like in this album. It's like poems you wrote and set yeah. to music, so. I mean, he's not a veteran either. He's but not he, a but veteran. He thinks about being yeah, a veteran. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, he's also not a fucking creep. <laughs> I mean, he'd be born in USA. Am I right? A lot of them are. Um, oh wait, I I forgot to mention this. Did you ever see the alternate uh, album cover for Born in the USA? Like no, the I single. D- I did not. It's him front. Oh yes, I have. Then. I just yeah. didn't know that was the alternative cover, but I have that seen that picture. That was a single picture. cover. Single I think. cover. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's sleeveless, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. It's a, Wait, it's, is I he sleeveless, knew he was sleeveless or is it rolled? No, it's, it's sleeveless. sleeveless. Okay. Is he? Yeah. Pit, do you see pits? He was often yeah. sleeveless. Oh, is this? Is, does he have this sweatstain? I don't think so. <laughs> don't. You dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he was a super good performer. My mom saw him live several <laughs> a time. My mom was like me. She spent all her money on concerts and. <laughs> Respect. Well, Rock and roll endeavors. Respect. Yeah, I was going to actually bring that up, but since I already mentioned it, my mom went to uh, a Bob Seger. She went to the uh, famous final scene tour when she was like super sick with the flu and like passed out in the pit she, she of lived? the famous final scene tour. The pit? Did she live? The pit, like the, like the, oh my, that is the off pit, topic. The infield sir. of the concert. Yes, yeah. the very, fr- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the very front of the concert. Anyway, I definitely got it. Uh, from her but uh, the next 
one is Downbound Train. Mm-hmm. Downbound Train's got a moving story, but it's not one of my favorites on the album. Like, I can <laughs> listen to this, Kill it. but when I click this album, I'm not going to go to Downbound Train. I'm gonna. I could easily uh, go. I could easily go to any of the ones we've talked about before this on the list. But Downbound Train, and then I mean, I guess that's fitting though because it's a. He's telling a sad story in this one. It's supposed to be like a low, yes, a slower, sadder. But the other songs are also sad. It's just this This one one especially is purposefully sadder instrumental, so that it can make it the opposite of a bop. And by a bop, I mean like it's still a good song, but like instead but depressing. of instead of jamming, it, you cry. Yeah, which yeah. also like the He's last on one. He's on a downbound train. Yeah, also like the last one. This one has lyrics appropriate to blue collar stuff we were talking about because he talks about um, working as a as a railroad uh, in the railroad gang and also working in a lumber yard and mm-hmm. very blue collar jobs. Yep. But I'm yeah, telling I, you to the core, man. <laughs> like every song, dude. I like. I felt it when he said, I work at the car wash and all I feel is rain. Oh I felt God. that deep. I was like, damn, Bruce. It's, yeah. What an amazing <laughs> lyric for you to be like, this is the Bruce. Because Bruce Springsteen is a fucking poet, man. Like, I'll go to my grave saying that. And you're like, you know what line really got Sometimes me? Sometimes it's a simple Working stuff. Working at the it's car wash, feeling the rain. Bruce and that's like, I think, not, not only that, but like it sets up the rest of the song. Because obviously when it's raining, you're either probably, you're most likely going through terrible stuff. Because it always seems to be raining when it's bad, right? Like Yeah. I don't know. I thought he it was, was cool. always very open about that stuff, be yeah. it, you know, completely the truth or not. Like he had lots of was another story to tell. It was a yeah. sadder one. Yeah. Um I'm on fire, we talked about already a little. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'm on fire is the shortest song really on short. this album. It's two minutes and you know like this was recently seconds. recently covered by AWOL Nation for a Fifty Shades movie. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's appropriate because it it's definitely... Aaron Bruno went and did that. He did. This is a better version, I if think. You're, if you're gonna pick a song off Born in the USA, which in my opinion shouldn't be on like a sex-themed movie. Oh, yes, it should. But if you're gonna pick this one, it's film, definitely gonna be... Album. It's definitely gonna be Johnny I'm Cash on Fire. also covered this. Yes, he did. Because I'm on Fire is the yeah. only like sexy song on this album oh, which was, was weird because Johnny Cash was like 60 at the point that he covered this and I was like so 60 well, year olds can't have sex? He was also old when he covered Hurt but that's a different I was going to say it's theme. a totally different subject an matter. interesting thing to say about this one is that even though it is one of the shortest and also has one of the least going for it instrumentally which Bruce Springsteen has always put so much like time into like his his band being a big part of his but this is like um sparse on the instrumentals so that all that being said with how short it is well, yada, you gotta yada, get yada, sexy by yourself this is one of his yeah, the whole band <laughs> therefore yeah. <laughs> He's gonna have bruce and you know whoever's okay. daddy is home yeah <laughs> but he uh this is one of his most popular ones which i have always been super surprised by like if you look at his spotify this is in his like top five yeah for most streamed this is only like two minutes long it's four and like is it yeah. yeah and it's like i'm not saying it's a bad song it's not a bad song but i feel like so many other tracks on this album are more and more impressive and yet i think because of the theme and because of the mood it sets like this one got super popular 
Because, I mean, it wasn't about laying pavement on the highway, but... I mean, laying similar... Something. Yeah, it's about laying some... Laying some pipe. Some timber, you know? <laughs> Climbing to a window. okay, but then you said timber and it made it worse. You know? <laughs> Getting some right, steel rods put yeah, in there. Move on to the next one. No surrender. So, uh, uh, the the line for, you know how we weren't allowed to have senior quotes in A Town yeah. Allen Public High School, Thomas Delore. Yes, I do. Yeah, we weren't allowed to have senior quotes. Oh, I hope they close that school down. <laughs> <laughs> I my school didn't either. I hope they close all three of your schools down. I don't what think was your senior quote? What was your senior quote, Amir Mason? What was mine? Honestly, I can't remember. I just know I had one. So that but one wow, they quote. let you they let you express <laughs> yourself. Congratulations! I, just, oh, I have to say, we didn't get to do that. If I could go make a time, I would make that my quote. I would put, "She's a big girl dog. She stimulated right in there," and then had them put the. Dun, 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 See, Tigus Tigus on this uh, working on the highway. He is shit. What if? Oh, someone needs to edit. I don't know about Tiger that. coming in. <laughs> Tiger coming in saying that's a hot. She's a big girl right dog. She stimulated that's, right out. After that, he's oh, playing a character. Gosh. Oh, he yeah. is a. Ca- that's not Tyga. It's a character. It's mm, a character. Yeah. He was not talking about Kylie. He was talking about. Anyway, no surrender. No surrender. Um, we learn more from a three-minute record than we ever learned in school. Big ass <laughs> mood. <laughs> um. Okay, I, I'm. Not, I thought that was really good. Um, but I, what I thought was weird was that the first line is, well, you busted out of class. And I'm like, how old is Bruce Springsteen when he released this record? <laughs> like 35 years He's old. This is about him when he was a youth. <laughs> that whole thing about the girl was about him when he was younger. It's a it story. Makes sense. It's a it story. Open your third eye. I do really like that that line about the God, learning more from a three minute. Maybe record. he was talking about yeah. college. He could have bust out of like you know like English three hundred one. Hey, hey Tom's third eye is blind. Like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so close. But if this album is going to be like a um, how Americans are feeling at the moment manifesto type thing, then he's got to have one for the youngins. No surrender is such a senior in high school song. What are you talking about? Gotta have one for the youngins. He has a few things for the youngins in this album. So. <laughs> for a second. Can you control yourself? I'm trying, but because just, I genuinely don't think that Bruce right? Springsteen and is a just, horrible criminal man. He's not. So if we could just move past that one song we already discussed. Two. Uh, also, to be fair, not um, too. In the "I'm on Fire," it's more of like a kink than anything. She's not actually a 15-year-old girl. I'm with you. Uh, I was gonna say, to be, Fight to, me, Amir. To be Bankston. fair, I do think this. I don't think this song is like him actually being like I'm in high school. I think it's more of like a He's look back, college. which yeah. he does. He does later on in the album as well. But I just thought it. Was, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> Please finish on the. Look. I was just gonna say. I think it's more of a look back. I don't really think it was Same. like him. It's and like also, he does it. Uh, he does it in uh, Glory Days as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's just. Storytelling. That's what I was saying before. Like storytelling. I'm sure a lot of this is not like something that happened to him or at the time it happened to him, whatever, whatever. This is kind of like almost his sweet spot because he's talking about like the glory days and he's talking about uh, um, like coming home from war and like that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's all this stuff. If he had stuff about working in the railroad, then uh, then it'd be perfect. Yeah. William Pipe, you'd have it all. I tried. I really did. To move on, yep. <laughs> you no, might I'm just know if you tried very hard. I was year. talking about the railroad, him um, laying stuff down for the railroad. <laughs> What's the next one, Bobby Jean? Yeah, anyway, yeah. I love No Surrender. No Surrender is one of my favorite ones on this album. If I had to pick, 
Um, I I love that one. I would actually say my my favorites are probably No Surrender and Cover Me. Really? Yeah. That is surprising. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're all there's there's only Cover two songs good. on here that I'm not gonna click on and listen to by themselves. So the majority of which ones I are love. Those? Um. Well, you, well, if we're gonna one. get that out of the way now, then it's gonna be um. My hometown and Downbound Train. Really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Like I think my hometown has a cool message, but I don't think it's as impressive as the other songs on this album. Anyway, um. Bobby Jean. I love when people count at the start of songs. Oh, he really? counts so much. It's just the thing I like. Bruce Springsteen, man, One, no, two, man. Three. Bruce Springsteen really knows how to count to four. It helps kids <laughs> He is so good at I'm counting to four. That. Tweet it. He, he's so good at counting to four. He's also really good at proclaiming. Counting to eight. Woo! He's really good at that one, yeah, too. Yeah. He's like, Sometimes you know what this needs? A good old American woo. Yeah. Yeah, he gets that out a lot. Sometimes you got to do it. And like a, come on, Clarence. Yeah. He's good at calling Clarence over to him. Super good at it. <laughs> I'd say arguably this is I'm one sorry, of the I'm more. I'm sorry, I'm rude. I love you, Bruce. <laughs> I think arguably this is one of the more um, poetic ones on there. Bobby especially Jean the final, has, Especially the final verse. Bobby Jean is such a good story. Um, Bobby Jean is about... You get um, a good friend, but also past lover type of a feeling from the story that he tells about this person in his hometown, about how they up and left. Like I said, huge theme for him. They got out of town and he found out and he was like, man, Bobby Jean, I wish you luck. I'm not trying to stop you because I understand, but good luck. Goodbye, Bobby Jean. But yeah, he's like, we we like the same music. We like the same band. It's like a good old like, hey, hey, I really what? appreciated you and the time we had together in this shit. What did he refer to it as? Dead man's town. And I'm, I'm not going to stop you because I'm, I'm glad you got out, Bobby Jean. Yeah. What if she went to another dead man's town? I don't know because he has a section where he's like, I hope you hear this on the radio someday in whatever motel you're staying at at the moment. Damn. And you just know. He's stunned. We're, that's a really weird flex. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. And he's, he's like, like, when I'm popping on the radio, bitch, you better be listening. That's all I'm saying. It's funny because it's youthful with them talking about how they grew up together. But I also think um, it's a very adult message of love when it's like, um, like yeah, I'm just miss, letting it happen. Yeah. It's but, like I miss you, but yeah. I want what's best for you. Yeah. So I hope you know I'm wishing you well. Type of which a is thing. honestly a really dark contrast to what he's said in a few other songs, where he's got this really lust youth thing going on. Well, this is well, after if the we're lust. Gonna, first of all, like I said, I think it's mostly theatrics. Like I don't know if these are all real people. I, I'm sorry, but if they are, youth, I don't think youth, Bobby Jean is the same girl not, from I'm no, on no, no, fire. No, no. Youth, not as in girl. Youth is <laughs> in like he wants to be a young kid again. Like rolling around yeah and at this point he's like, it's just like a really mutual not Good. mutual but well maybe i don't know yeah i, I don't know at the time yeah but like mature it is much yeah i think that's a very mature like love message yeah. for him to be like hey i appreciated that we like the same music i yeah. hope I'm glad you got out of here kind of a thing um i'm going down 
If I had to pick a third that I was like not really going to click on out of context, probably I'm going down. I was going to ask you your thought of this because oh, I also shit. read on, on Genius that um, I don't think this, it's bad, but that this is uh, his most repetitive song lyrically. Yep, I was just going <laughs> to say that. So there's over He's 80 times. He's going down, down, down. <laughs> over 80 times down comes up. He's not doing much else. <laughs> like, um, however, the one thing I will say, because yeah, super repetitive and that's probably why I don't, I don't click on it that much, but it also is funny. Mm-hmm. Like it is funny and relatable of a message when he isn't just repeating that he's going down. It's like him talking about like a relationship that's going down. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, we used to have all these good times together and now you just don't want to do anything. You're always upset with me. You're not having a good time. We're going down, down, We're down, going down, 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 <laughs> down. Yeah. Um, so super repetitive, but also funny, relatable, sort of a like, we used to have it, but now we're always just pissed at each other. Uh, glory days. Glory days. Oh, God. Okay. So I know I said that I those other two were my, my favorite, but damn, do I love glory days. Of glory course, days is the, uh, such a bop. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Hey. Woo. <laughs> He's got all three of them. Yeah. Does he count? <laughs> no, he didn't count. One, goes, two, yeah, one, oh, two, oh, one, three, four. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> it's never four either. It's four. Yeah. It. I. Anyway. <laughs> um, bruce, bruceism. <laughs> yeah. Um. Glory days is great. Glory days is another mature message. He's like, you know. He just brings up different people from his past and is like, this is who we were then. This is who we are now. Talks about this girl that used to kind of have it all in high school and he drops by and visits her and her kids every now and then and he's Damn. like he's like weird flex well yeah he talks about he was like remember when you had shit but now you have kids. it's a very adult mess well not because he's like and then they got divorced it's just talking about like we had glory days and when we get really sad because we're old now and we've had divorces and we're going through struggles we sit down and we talk about the glory days and these funny It'd things. It'd be rough to talk about glory days or Bruce Springsteen. Funny things we did when we were <laughs> when we were young. It's totally off topic, but uh, maybe Tom knows this. Oh. Brendan Urie put out a song on one of his latest albums that's very glory. Isn't is it? It may even be called Glory I think Days. It is. is it even called? Yeah. When that came out, I was like, okay, Bruce, <laughs> you're very yeah. But that's a big thing in music. <laughs> it's like nostalgia. And like Tom said, it's kind of a sweet spot for him to talk about stuff he went through. And Glory Days is definitely a representation of that. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's also another relatable thing for the American experience. It's talking about people in their middle ages getting together and reminiscing over when things weren't so hard. Say, hey, sport, pass me that pigskin. Let me show you what I used to do back in the day. I mean, he, he literally talks about his friend that was a big baseball star yeah. in high school. Where did so, he call yes. it a speedball? Because I don't think that's a kind of pitch. Look. <laughs> I, I'm also he was curi- not fit for the military. He's got some stuff going on up there, Tom. I don't know if, you if look- he wants to call it a speedball, <laughs> we're going to let fastball, him. But- he got knocked uh, around a lot when he was young. We so don't know. Also on Genius, there's a missing verse or a verse that, that he, I guess he took out. I'm curious if you think it should have been included. I don't know if you saw it. It's about his. Uh, Read it to me. Uh, my old man worked 20 years on the line and they let him go. Now everywhere he just now everywhere he goes out looking for work, they just tell him that he's too old. I was nine years old and he was working at the Medicin, Meduchin Ford. Do you know what it is? No. Medicin uh, Ford plant assembly line. Now he just sits on a stool down at the Legion Hall, but I can tell what's on his mind. And then it goes to glory days. 
Yep. It's uh, I mean, I think it's an appropriate thing because basically what Glory Days is, if you look at it lyrically, is cameos of different people in a snapshot of their life compared to their Glory Days. And I mean, yeah, that would have been appropriate to throw in there because it he was raised around a lot of industrial people mm-hmm. and uh, his dad, um, I don't actually know, but I'm assuming that his dad probably did work in a factory. Um, all right, we're just in sign language to each other. Is this for all the uh, ASL people, for all the deaf people? What the fuck? <laughs> Actually, we just have a guest in the studio, and so we were just trying to tell them something without making unnecessary noise. And then it made noises <laughs> in silence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I like this song a lot. Yeah, Glory Days is fun. Something I love about Bruce Springsteen is he's like, look at all these struggles. I'm going to write it to a tune that makes us want to get up on the table and dance. He's like, hey, all this stuff that we're going through, damn, but don't you remember the glory days? Let's dance about it. Bobby Jean, popular girl from <laughs> high school with divorce. Let's dance. Jean, I was going to say, also going back to uh, to what you said to Amir's thing about how he was like shooting shots at her and being like, wow, man. I think it's just really realistic. Yeah. Espe- assuming that very. the way he paints his picture, he comes from a very small town and like a lot of people, like you said, don't leave their town. It's they This don't. is very realistic. This isn't about glamour. And then it doesn't work out because they realize they didn't have anything in common. They just didn't have anyone else to pick from. He is telling real American stories out here. I think yeah, I think people that like this music is for are going to take it less as really a front, less as a, a front on them and more of like, I know what you mean. Yeah. I got that. Bruce speaks to me. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, especially when he talks about car wash and feels the rain. Amir, leave. Get up and walk out. Didn't say anything. Dancing in the dark. This is an all-time banger. Hold on. Okay, Amir, you haven't said much, so you you go on about Dancing in the Dark. All right, so this is a great song. That's that's really <laughs> all I had to say was this is a great song. But you sat up. You physically sat up to talk about the song, then you didn't have anything to say? Because I forgot about this song. This is something I want to say. Yeah. Um, to, to this is better than uh, Born in the USA. Um, I think so too. Oh, but okay. you, we is. talked at the beginning about how this album was far more poppy, and then this mm-hmm. song Dancing was, in the Dark super... Well, also, it, it definitely is. They talked about um, how this song was written because, like, his manager or whoever, his agent, thought that he didn't have a single that would go off on the album. And so this was written specifically because he needed something mm-hmm. that would yeah. go off. And For this selling is, purposes. And this, Well, this is about the struggles of trying to please people in that same way. Yeah. Um, this one is a, a super... <laughs> A super fun one. Like, lyrically, it's just a good time. Um, Can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for hire, even if we're just dancing in the dark. It's very much a seize the night type of a thing. Um, Dancing in the dark is one of his most popular. I don't have as much to say about this as you may expect, because it's not that I dislike it in any way, but but it's not one of my favorites. Like, it's not one of my... For okay, I'm gonna. Would you say this? You ain't got nothing to say. I ain't. Yay. Oh shit! I mean, so that's you... the thing is like, even if it's a song by Bruce that I don't listen to a lot, I can go in and I can find like one-liners or like a stanza where I'm like, damn, the lyrics though, and like this guns for hire. Even if we're just dancing in the dark, okay. Do you, do you go to the bed okay. feeling the same way. Also, this I, was like, made for the radio. This guns for hire. Well, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it was. You ain't none but tired. I think this is one of the more dualistic ones. Ain't none but tired. Um, because a lot of them, he's just uh, he's just writing about um, blue collar oh. stuff, and this one, 
you have like the whole idea where he's like, wake up in the evening, all this stuff. And you're like, well, that's the life of a you know famous musician. He's got to do concerts, got to do all this stuff. So he's waking up late, staying up late, recording, working hard, doing concerts. And then he's going to bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or you can take it as third shift stuff. Yeah. And so it kind yeah. of hits both ways where it feels a little bit more real for him then that he can talk about two different things. That and it is, it's such a, way. like I kind of said about glory days, it's such a, we're talking about struggles, but we're trying to dance it out, live it out, laugh it out kind of a thing. Like he has the lines like, uh, you sit around getting older. There's a joke here somewhere and it's on me. I'll shake the world, the world off my shoulders. Come on, baby. The laugh's on me. Like, it's like a, there's a random dog barking outside. Um, lyrically, yeah, it's such a, hey, I know what's going on, but like the laugh's on me. Like, get up, let's find a way to have a good time in the middle of all of this. And uh, like he said in that quote I quoted him on earlier, he's talking about holding on to your sanity through through hard times and uh, <laughs> helping his listeners do the same thing. Um, this is probably my favorite one. Uh, this is just a, a classic. Same, same. Yeah? Your favorite off the album? Probably. Yeah. I was trying to find... We're still talking about Dancing in the Dark? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you have I anything agree. to say about it? I mean, no, it's, I kind of zoned off. Too? I heard, I heard this dog barking and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. But honestly, yeah, this is a really good jam. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find a specific lyric from it, but we're going to move on. Okay. Last one is My Hometown. Oh, you um, hate this one. I no, heard I don't, it. I don't I heard hate you. it. It's just that so. I like everything on this album. It's just that I like... I like um, the majority of them so much that I can search them out just to listen to them individually. But my hometown is not one that I go to Spotify and I'm like my hometown and listen to it. Like I like the message, but also there's many a good song written about your hometown. And I just, I, he, he, in a small town. Oh my gosh. This is what I think. I think <laughs> that for the most part, keep going. I think, Maybe you disagree, but I think there's a verse in here that... Let Thomas speak. Sorry. He just says small town thousands of times. Uh, I think there's a verse in here that kind of doesn't fit it, and it's almost like he's trying too hard. I don't say... um, Where he talks about kind of like... We talked about like very much like civil rights movement and racial uh, tension. Yeah. Where I think like that, like his songs we've talked about are dark, but that one feels like it's just particularly dark and not really on brand. It's not about like blue collar. I mean, there was woes. a lot of fights between it's about like the greater the health of the nation, which I thought was interesting because he goes on to talk about like whitewashed windows, vacant stores, Two like moving away and all that stuff, oh, which is very much so on brand. But then I felt like the racial thing was a little bit different from what he would normally do and I didn't know how I felt about it. Yeah, there was a fight. There were lots of fights between black and whites come out of nowhere. I remember listening to that and, and like, also basically a drive-by. <laughs> yeah, what's he that mentions about? that in here. So, um, maybe people up, dude. maybe it seems um, out of place on the album <laughs> but it's me. not out of place for the artist. He does talk about um, racial struggles and social justice <laughs> On more than just this song. It's just not huge on this album, I guess. Yeah. But, like, he talks about, like, ghetto areas and um, inequality-based stuff. It just might not be super heavy on this album. But, like, uh, one of my all-time favorites that I mentioned earlier, Darkness on the Edge of Town, which I didn't really... Like, that's about that. Ooh, he's also got this one called Jungle Land, which is about the same thing. Um so yeah, it maybe. I mean, I guess it's it's up to personal opinion. Yeah. It feels a little forced there, but I will say, 
that um, I, he, he does talk more about things like that, just maybe not on this I album. I guess I want to say it's much. forced. It just feels like in terms of this song and this album, it feels like it fits in less. Um, this feels much more like on the on the nose about like struggles in the nation, whereas other stuff think, is more about like just the ebbs and flows of things leaving and just how life progresses. And that one with that that verse in particular, I was like, wow, that's a that's a bit gruff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> that um, like we hinted at earlier, Bruce had more help being commercially friendly on this album than any other album. And so I'm not going to say it's completely out of the question that maybe he put some things in there. That were slightly forced. I'm not sure if I believe that, but like looking at it and, you know, the more popular sound and like you said, putting Dancing in the Dark on there for uh, sales reasons. I mean, maybe he threw some stuff in there for the sake of um, making sure he covered all of his his topics. But I will say that um, he does talk about um, he talks about topics like that. in, like I said, like Jungle Land and uh, okay. it, it's just maybe not like super heavy on mm -hmm. on this album um but that's that's the entire track and you guys already said your favorites usually what we do with the last but you all three of you said your favorite was dancing in the dark which blows me away because that's probably not even in my favorite like four or five <laughs> i wow. know yeah you're like fuck. i do song. really like I, re <laughs> I don't hate it i just it's hard for me to take it seriously because instrumentally it sounds like you comical to me for some reason you should I try remember, dancing in the dark sometimes. It's fun. I remember when I was like 15 years old and I had a love for the music that my mom listened to and all my friends thought it was lame and that I was like an old person for listening to this music. I tried to show it to a couple of my friends once and I specifically picked dancing in the dark and they told me it sounds like something that would be in the back of a workout video. It is like very pinnacle yeah. 80s sound. Yeah, yeah. 80s. That's, that's why, why I, I can't I take it. it so yeah. yeah, that's why I can't I take it very yeah. seriously because it it's so Footloose. 80s. And then my friend said that to in. me and uh, I was like, eh. And so now it's like, because I'm an emo fuck, I can't listen to that song <laughs> and be like, but know. remember that one time that that person said that thing to me about that song. <laughs> fucking mad about it. But right. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm it's, curious. It's a good song, though. So you picked this album, but is this your favorite Bruce Springsteen's album? No, no. Did you pick it then because it's probably his most popular? Yes, because I thought it was a very important general classic in music history to talk about. I, I agree. Because it was so well-selling, and it had a, such a big influence on the rock and roll albums that came out after that. However, I will say that when I was talking about this, when I was thinking about doing an episode on this era of rock, I was very stuck in between. It took me a, like weeks to figure out whether or not I was going to spotlight this album or Stranger in Town by Bob Seger, because Bob Seger has an equal amount of musical influence on me. Um, like they're probably the main two, I would say. And I think that um, I would have just as much to say about that album. But yeah, I, I went with this one because it's, you know, it's freaking born in the USA. Like even if you don't know this album, you know this album. I get it. So what so, is your favorite then off this to, to, re, to, re, to bring it back? If I had to pick like a favorite song off, or a favorite this? couple that you think that you really stand out, okay, um, "Cover Me," "No Surrender," and "Glory Days." Those are really solid picks. Yeah, thanks, yeah. man. Um, but yeah, I I basically like them all. The only ones I don't search out on their own are like, um, "Downbound Train," "I'm Going Down," in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have any other final thoughts? This is the first time that I sat down and listened to it. I think my dad had the CD and what? What was funny about that? 
It was funny. He's old. Yeah. All yeah, right. so imagine how I felt when I was 15. Well. And I was like, Bruce Springsteen, and everyone was like, said. workout video. I very early remember hearing Born in the USA in my life, but other than that, I didn't like hear the album. So, Because um, it's the only one off this album you hear. I feel like the other ones you hear by him are Born to Run. Yeah. Okay, Dancing in the Dark and Born in the USA and then Born to Run, which isn't on this album. Mm-hmm. Like the ones people know, even if they don't know Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I still enjoyed listening to it. And I did not. This is the, the first foray I had into Bruce. And so, like, I didn't know how lyrically depth the, the depth of the lyrics. I am at a loss for words. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I think that's why I'm also partial to him, not only for sentimental yeah. reasons, but because lyrics are such a thing for me in music. And I feel like everything he writes is is almost always super impressive lyrically. He's got a story to tell, whether they be super <laughs> theatrical more times than others. Um, he's always got something to say. And I will wrap it up by saying that not only does he usually have something to say, but it's usually um, communicating a people and their experiences that don't always get the spotlight, especially in pop music. And so he, as a super successful rock and roll artist, was talking about people who don't often get a voice and from his personal experiences when he didn't, you know, when he was young and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is why we're going to talk about blue collar rock or roots rock um, on the B side because it's, you know, something very related to him and also shared with a lot of other artists during that time, but not even just rock and roll during that time. There's so many good artists that choose to share the story of people who have uh, like low income lives and work blue collar jobs and, Kind of like a um, some of the artists we've even mentioned on this episode. We're going to talk about those on the B-side. So tune in for that. And uh, remember to... Um, Follow us on Twitter at groupies underscore pod. Yes. Yeah. And listen to Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Let us know what you, th- what you think about it. Yeah. Also, if you want to come over and listen to the uh, original vinyl copy that I got from my mom, hit me up. I actually have like all of his vinyls. Also again, rest in peace, Clarence. Yes. You miss your soul. Clarence. Thank you for your music. I have, I'm a tough chick and I have, you know, I think I've cried one or two times over, over Clarence over Clemens. Oh, <gasps> Super wholesome thing to end it with. When Clarence Clemens passed away, rip him. His nephew toured with Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band for a couple months to honor Clarence Clemens, and you can look up videos of that on YouTube if you need something wholesome to pick you up. Thank you for tuning in.